what's going on guys hello everyone who's watching this right now first of all i want to welcome everyone who is watching this to the internet entrepreneur showdown show which is hosted by me the nikhil sai and guess what i'm pretty excited right I'm, i'm super excited to show this guy's journey like we are having another another true karma club award winner on this show today and uh, like he literally he literally started with some brick and mortar stuff you know running hard with studio and now actually hit his business to two comma club selling simple courses at just 47 dollars guess who is interested and excited to see his journey let's not waste any time and welcome eric tane owner at seladora hey eric hey nikhil how you doing thanks for having me on appreciate it absolutely eric super excited to have you on as well brother how's your day so far Uh, it's going well just getting things done you know <laughs> absolutely man so everyone who is watching this right now first of all thank you so much for joining this please put hashtag live if you're watching this live and hashtag replay if you're watching this on replay and i'm super excited to interview eric eric is with us for 40 more minutes right now so if you have any questions regarding how to scale a business what kind of video gear you should be using to do videos and all that cool jazz put that in the comment section and eric would love to answer so eric let's not waste any time but can you please tell us like how did this all start like how did you get started yeah good question so <clears throat> i actually so what i tell people is i uh, i actually got started selling online when i was 13 years old so oh, i was really young uh i grew up with the internet so it was just kind of natural to me to do that and i don't think that when i was that young i don't think i realized just how powerful it is and what you can do with it um but my first business was actually creating little graphic designs for heavy metal bands on myspace So, I don't know if you remember MySpace, but there It's were before uh, Facebook. Yeah, like the pre-Facebook, right? And um and there were a lot of musicians on there and bands and they would get on and and they would create a profile and share their music and all that kind of stuff and they needed like little gifs or graphics or like t-shirt designs or banners and stuff that they could put on their profile to make them look mm-hmm. cool, right? And so they i they would hire me to create those for them so i would actively reach out to bands on myspace and say hey look at all these things i've made i can make them for you and it was kind of funny like um with the 13 what's that i mean at 13 years age you're doing that yeah 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 and oh, i was i mean crazy. i was always entrepreneurial as a kid like selling lemonade and rocks and Leak. all sorts of stuff <laughs> and so um and so like I was always trying to figure out, you know, how to make money doing things that I love to do and uh, uh I would uh so I'd reach out and they would they would have, you know, these really weird band names, these metal bands and I, I would draw like a picture of a dinosaur or something and then put the name of their band <laughs> in like a really scary font. I you've probably seen it before. And um you know, they had the weirdest band names. But anyway, so so that's actually how I got started selling online. And like I said, I didn't realize that it was so powerful there's a lot of people that like are older than me that grew up and the internet was this amazing thing to me i grew up with it and i was and it was just like normal it, like the fact that i was talking to people across the world and doing transactions with them like didn't really phase me and it wasn't until you know i i ran a lot of businesses like you mentioned some brick and mortar like recording studios and uh video production companies and that kind of stuff throughout the years it wasn't mm-hmm. until you know about a decade or so later that i really started to understand and grasp the power of selling online when i created mm-hmm. my first online course and i created a course for filmmakers so i had been running a video production company um and uh, had built it up to six figures and i had a lot of people asking me questions about you know what 
how did you do it? How did you get clients? How do you create work like that? And so there's a lot of these filmmakers that needed to learn business and they needed to learn how to make better looking videos. And so mm -hmm. I created online courses and products to help filmmakers create really cinematic looking videos, like, like high end, like Hollywood style commercials. And, and I would, I would help them make those and then help them learn how to run their business and how to sell them to clients and uh, do basically duplicate what I had done. And uh, that went really well for uh, a while. It still continues to. I'm still running that business today. Um, and uh, about three, let's see, let's, uh, about three years in uh, to that business, I had just hit half a million dollars in revenue. Okay. So mm -hmm. we were doing like low six figures every year. And, uh, you know, I am very grateful for anything that I've accomplished that, you know, it makes it's it's amazing, like compared to what I was doing with businesses before this, that was an incredible increase. And just it's amazing being able to make even low six figures. But like, mm -hmm. how many of you guys listening are entrepreneurs? Like, when you hit one level, it just like makes you even more fired up to go to the next level, right? And that's, that's how I felt is that we were at that six figure mark. And I was just like, how do I get to seven figures? Like I want to do I want to do six figures a month and, uh, you know, seven figures a year. And then ultimately from there, even beyond. Right. And so I hit a point where I was actually kind of stuck for a while. And mm -hmm. uh, I talked to some of my close friends. And I told them that I didn't really know what to do about it. Uh, I, I wasn't I, I had like a, you know, a thousand dollar course. I had a seventy five hundred dollar program. I had a fifteen thousand dollar program and they were all selling OK. And we were doing fine, you know, enough to to live a lifestyle with my family and be able to you know be an entrepreneur mm -hmm. but like ultimately like i wanted more and i really really wanted to hit the the two comma club right and uh i wanted the plaque i wanted to put that on my wall <laughs> but like exactly and, and the plaque is really cool right it's up on my wall now but but like even more important than the plaque was just like the ability to be free and to have the lifestyle of an entrepreneur and to ultimately like the reason i got into this from a young age was someday I'm going to have a family and I want to be able to spend my life with my family. Now I have a wife and two daughters and like, that's, that's like everything to me. And so that's kind of where I was stuck is like, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not getting there. And it was at that point that I discovered what I now call a mighty offer. Now mm -hmm. for anybody that's out there is listening that had like a high ticket offer or, or even like a mid ticket offer, but anywhere from a thousand to 20, 50, a hundred thousand, a million dollar offer. Um, mm -hmm. the, one of the biggest issues with an offer like that, the, the trickiest things is getting more people into it, right? It's just, it's 100%. just filling it with clients. And so, yeah. and that's where I was stuck because I had these offers, but like the, the volume was just too low. And I discovered this thing that I call a mighty offer, which is basically a really, really valuable low ticket offer that you mm -hmm. use to bring in uh, not leads, but buyers onto your email list and then ascend those buyers into your high ticket offers. So you can think of it like a lead funnel, but instead of going out and actually paying for leads, uh, which are going to get on your, they're going to clutter your email list and probably not buy anything. And they're, they're just looking for freebies and all that. Instead of paying mm -hmm. for leads, you actually get paid to get buyers on your list and then you can send them. So it's like a win, 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 right? Absolutely. Yeah, so I discovered this and I and I decided to go all in on this funnel and try to build this out for myself. And uh let me just tell you. I was going I was going from like about to give up. I mean, I, I was ready to be done. Like this I'm oh. not going to make it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to start a different business. Like this isn't going to work. 
And I blamed my market. You know, we're human. We tend to blame other things. <laughs> 100%. It's my market. They won't spend money. There's not enough people in my market. There's not enough customers in my market. Um, and I started to blame all these things. And But I decided to go all in on this offer. And when I did, uh, let me tell you this. When So it was February of that year. We had done $15,000 in revenue at mm -hmm. about a $3,000 loss. Okay. That's kind of where we were at. Like we were losing money every month. Okay. We launched this offer in March. We did 30,000 in April. We did 50,000 and in May we did our first six figure month, made over a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Whoa. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. By August, we flew past the two comma club line with our entire funnel stack value stack. <laughs> And then now that funnel all by itself has done over a million dollars. Wow, man. That's crazy. Like literally that short period of time, like in, in February, you're losing money to actually video making six figure within just three months of span. That's absolutely a brainstorming for every single person who's giving up. You have the living proof right there on the camera, right? Yeah. You can see Eric have done it. So you have the right option. You just need the ability to take action and build the right stuff. So like that's exciting, buddy. And thank you so much for your quick story. Like that's the next question I do have. Like, like I wonder, like, you know, you're making $500,000 from so many years, like three years of time. Then you just hit two comma club within a couple of months. How did you do it? Like, how did you scale your business to two comma club within this short period of time? But how did yeah. you manage that level of scale? Good question. So, um, so like I said, it took us three years to get halfway. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then after implementing this, we we did the other half in just six months. And so it was a, it was an extreme acceleration. And and I don't know how to explain like what that feels like, except that mm -hmm. to say that like it's life changing. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> the first day that my wife and I woke up one morning when this all like started snowballing. We woke up that morning. Um, and the first thing I did is I picked up my phone and I looked at Stripe, okay, our payment processor, <laughs> um, just because I was curious. And waking up in the morning, we had already made from midnight till like 7 a.m. when we woke up, we'd already made $2,500 completely on autopilot. And, and I, and I was just, I, I just, I, I didn't know how to feel or how to, how to think like, like this is, this changed our life forever. And, and uh, you know, ever since then, like our business, it, it wasn't like a slow incremental growth of the business. I started to mm -hmm. understand the concept of like making quantum leaps in your business where we literally went for, it was like a stair step. Like our, we were here and then we were here the next day, you know, <laughs> exactly almost that instant. Huge gap. Yeah. And what I realized from that is that you can you can make quantum leaps in your business. A quantum leap is an instant and spontaneous um, improvement in performance, a massive improvement in performance. And the way that most people look at growing a business is like slow incremental growth. And in reality, even though a quantum leap sounds hard, it's actually easier than the alternative, which is slow growth. Okay. Exactly. And so it's really just a matter of looking like, where do you want to be? And, and instead of like growing to that point, just being there now, it's a shift in your mindset. Okay. And so, and so the way we did this was with this, uh, mighty offer funnel. So, like I said, it was a, uh, it was a low ticket offer a $47, um, lighting mm -hmm. course. 
teaching videographers how to light their videos and make them look better, basically. And so we launched this offer. Um, but how many of you guys have ever launched a funnel and it didn't work? I believe 95% of the complete market <laughs> have seen that face. Probably least. most people, right? I know yeah. I Okay. And the big shift that I made, and this is what I'll share about this, is that, you know, usually for the first three years, whenever I launched a funnel, if it didn't work, I would do what most people do and I would just turn it off and move on to the next one. Let's go build <laughs> something else. Start over the whole process. Uh, Number one mistake, yeah. Work, so we need to create something different. That was the thing that I did very different with this one. Um, if you guys know who Russell Brunson is, he says this thing Everybody. that really stuck with me that he always says, if you want to be successful, pick one funnel, one offer, and one traffic source and use those until you make a million dollars. And that was the thing that I did different with this one. So instead of like when you decide to focus, when you decide to put everything aside and focus on mm -hmm. one thing, what happens is instead of when it doesn't work, you just go somewhere else, you try to figure it out. You start asking the right questions. You start figuring out, you start talking to your mentors and your coaches and your friends and getting their advice and feedback. It's a mentality, not of this doesn't work, but rather of how can I make this work? And making it happen. So we went through a series. When I mentioned that we were losing money in February, it's because this funnel was actually losing money. And we were losing money for every single person that bought. And so we went through a series of really intense split tests to test mm -hmm. everything we could possibly think of. I got on with my coaches and my mentors and my friends, and I asked them, I said, look at my funnel. What do you think we could do better? What's not resonating with you? What, what needs to be improved? And they gave me a laundry list of ideas. And I went through mm -hmm. one by one and started testing those things. And we took the funnel by doing that, by following this process, we took the funnel from losing money for every single person that was buying it to making a 4X return on every single person that bought it. So we're talking spending $15 to acquire a customer and making $70. Whoa. On a $47 product. Okay. And that's not that's not even counting all of the the ascension into high ticket offers. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I was talking about with the, you know, with our increase in in revenue every month, like that was just this funnel at one funnel. And then from there, we were able to take all of those new buyers, which we've now had almost 14,000 people buy that product. We were able to take oh. all of those people on our list. Our list is like almost completely buyers now at this point. And we've got a very warm awesome. list that's hot. We can sell things to it. And we do launches. We do our high ticket products. We do all that kind of stuff. And like they sell really well because we have buyers on our list and not just leads. <laughs> Hundred percent, yeah. Like that—that's that would really differentiate every business person who is still struggling in his business, like to the person who actually hit that plague level, right? So yeah. that's really awesome. Like a lot of people will actually give up, like what you just mentioned, and like it's—it's it's really the mindset which you had, right, which actually took you off in the right uh, stability in, in your life with your business right now. And that's really awesome. Like everyone who's watching this, you can do it too. It, it's really like the level of scale you need. And like what you exactly mentioned was the one of the best suggestions I've ever heard to do the right funnel split testing. Ask your coaches, mentors, like a lot of people will just quit the sales funnel. They come up with a different offer. They come up with a different strategy. They go into a different niche, different traffic source. But what you just mentioned, pick only one offer, one funnel and one traffic source and just go all in and it will definitely work out.
That's let me awesome. Just, let me just say one more thing just to kind of cap this off. And that mm-hmm. is that um, if you're if you're looking to scale a business, the key to scaling is being able to pay to acquire customers. Okay. You can build a six-figure business organically. Uh, you know, right. And, you know, if you have a really big following, you can build a seven figure business organically, but most people are starting out without a following. And so you can build up the point where you're making six figures organically. That's totally fine. But like, if you want to scale to seven figures, eight figures beyond the key is understanding how to pay to acquire customer. You have to be able to buy clients in your business. Exactly. This funnel, the, the mighty offer that I call it, the, this low ticket funnel, low ticket, Mm -hmm. high value funnel is by far the best way to do it that I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like you're actually not spending money. You're making money while you're acquiring them. Like that's where the beauty of the complete sales process is, right? You're making money while you're acquiring real customers. That's awesome. Eric. hope people are getting a lot of insights from your complete business plan. So let's get into the next question, Eric. Like what do you think is the key components to result in a more cinematic look of videos? Like if you see in my setup, I'm just trying out some jazz to make it look more cinematic. I would love your input. Like, what do you think is the right key components to make a video look cinematic? Well, your setup looks better than mine right now. So <laughs> I'm just on the webcam, like not even trying. Um, but um, so, you know, like I've been teaching filmmakers for the last five years and uh, and have done video production since I was a kid, really. Mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. there's, it, it's actually interesting. Like the, the big mindset shift that uh, a lot of these filmmakers have to make is that creating good looking videos actually takes a few small little tweaks it's not really that difficult and the tweaks have to do with knowing how to set things up not with what camera you're using so a big mistake that most people will make is they say well i want to make something that looks cinematic or looks really good and they'll go buy a really expensive camera or a really expensive light or something like that and so so we have a tendency to kind of put the emphasis on the gear and like if i Mm -hmm. have the best gear then i'll be able to make a good looking video it's almost like uh you know if you wanted to learn how to paint and be really good at painting, and you went out and bought the most expensive paintbrush you could find. It's not really <laughs> a big difference, you know. It's cool. That was right? the best. And certainly, if you're a professional, like having the best tools is important. Like if you if you look at any professional painter, they're going to have the expensive brushes, right? Because they know mm-hmm. the value of those. But the reason that they're good at painting is not because of the brushes. It's just kind of an additional help. So it's the same thing with exactly. film and with videography. So if any of you guys are looking to make your uh, live streams look better or your Zoom calls look better or any video content or ads that you're putting out there, there's really only a few simple tweaks. And uh, having a good quality camera is nice, uh, but I wouldn't go out and break the bank on one. Um, just just having you know something, you know, if you're using your webcam like that's built into your computer, just upgrade to like a $100 webcam or something like that. You know, just go to the next step. You're totally fine. Um, mm-hmm. and, so, and so the biggest thing after that is understanding lighting. So lighting is 100% like, I would say that 80% of the quality cinematic look of videos comes from lighting, okay? Exactly. Even this setup right now, like I'm on a very cheap webcam, so it doesn't, the quality is not that good. And so like you can see that my face right here is like blowing out and it's all white and everything. That's just, Mm -hmm. that's the quality of the camera, okay? Mm -hmm. But even with that, like, the lighting of this scene looks pleasant, okay? I've got light exactly. from a direction. I've got a window over here. Uh, what most people don't know is I also have a light up here as well. So actually, if I turn that off, then I'll look like mm-hmm. this. Um, oh. One of the biggest tips I give people is the first thing, just sit next to a window, 
because it's one of the best things you can do, the easiest things you can do, because <laughs> you're going to automatically get a really nice, soft light on your face, and it's going to look exactly. decent. Now, we could adjust this so it's not so dark on this side and all that kind of stuff. I've got – there's a whole thing going on here that I use for my YouTube videos for that camera over there, which is why it's dark mm -hmm. over here. But if you're in a small room and you've got a window, it'll light up the whole room, and it'll, it'll light you up. I have another light here. And this is where you should use your light is a big soft box, something big and soft that's that's going to give a nice flattering light on your face. I'm using that to help kind of wrap the light around. So you notice this side of sorry, this side of my face is really dark because the mm -hmm. window is over here. If I just simply turn this light on, then it's going to help wrap that light around. So the shadow exactly. is still on this side, but you can see the front of my face. Absolutely. Yeah, like the light is super soft. Like we can literally see that on the camera itself. Mm -hmm, absolutely so after the lighting like what do you think is the next key component uh for the great cinematic look on on videos yeah so so lighting is going to be key um your lighting looks great by the way i mean you've got you've got nice soft light coming from uh, about a 45 degree angle okay from <laughs> Thank you so that much. direction or whichever way it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and and what i like is that you have you've got a light side and you've got a shadow side right mm -hmm. so on your left ear is in shadow right and your exactly. right ear is lit but th but the front of your face is all lit so you don't you don't ever want like half of your face lit because you're gonna look like a super villain or something you want to have the exactly. front of your face, but then have shadow somewhere so you could have a shadow on this side or underneath your chin to help kind of give definition to the face so so great work um thank you man. i appreciate that the next thing is from lighting is really probably just having a good location and and setting up the composition of your scene uh like in your setup you've got you know you've got the nice like chair you're in front of a black backdrop it looks clean everything's um looking nice uh but even mm -hmm. if somebody who's listening if you're in an office like i am you know i've got like a lamp back there and a chair and and a bookcase that's totally fine too the biggest recommendation that i would make is just make sure that you are away from the background a little bit Okay, so you don't want to be yeah, right up against it because then everything's just going to be right there. You want to have a little bit of a distance. And so um, just giving yourself some space from the background. So that back wall is over there. I've got my desk up against this wall so that there's a little bit of space back there and then it looks better. And then, and then the last thing is just framing and composition. So like in your setup, you are right in the middle. You've got, you're like perfectly framed. You've got not too much space above your head, but not too little. Um, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of competition, you don't want your head to be cut off like this. That looks bad, but you also yep. don't want, I see this sometimes where people are down here, <laughs> there's a ton of space above them. So just use your body to fill the frame in a way that looks pleasing and um, you'll look great. Absolutely, man. Like that, uh, that's amazing tips, right? That like everyone is actually doing Zoom meetings and like trying to shoot some YouTube content. Like literally Eric showed you how you can take your content to the whole another level. Like I see a lot of people trying to shoot content do these silly mistakes of you know not covering up things but you made them right there but thank you so much for giving that information away and like and you know like everyone tries to create a lot of content they make huge mistakes like silly mistakes like they don't even point out like someone else should tell them and they feel like silly for that right but like what do you think are the number one mistakes to be avoided while creating quality content like maybe three to five mistakes Oh, three to five. Wow. Okay. Mistakes to be avoided while creating content. Um, I would say in terms of creating the content, one of the biggest mistakes is not having good audio. Uh, because that's that's one of the things that's going to take your take your videos really to the next level. When people are listening to you talk, they want to be able to hear you talk. 
And that's, that's exactly things. So, uh, you know, having good audio quality is more important than the video because people could turn on a YouTube video and listen to it in the background. They may not even be watching the video. And even if the video Absolutely. doesn't look good. So like right now, the, the video quality of my video isn't like super high quality, but I've got a high mm -hmm. quality microphone. And like, we'll always have this because it's going to at least sound good. It'll be pleasing to listen to my voice. So and sharp. what you need in order to do that is just to have a good quality microphone. This is a Blue Yeti mic. Um, these are mm -hmm. really good, they're really affordable. And uh, I've just got it on an arm here so I can kind of position it wherever mm -hmm. I want. Mm -hmm. yep. and, then, and then this microphone just serves as uh, my mic for everything, for creating content, creating videos, for doing live streams, doing whatever. And then um, in terms of the microphone, you just want to have it close enough to your mouth that it's going to, you're not going to get too much reverberation in the room. So to give you an mm -hmm. example, um, if I go, if I go really close to my microphone, I'll talk a little bit quieter because it's going to get louder, but you'll, you'll notice that it starts to sound like the podcast voice, right? It's almost like <laughs> exactly. a podcast and that's like the classic podcast voice. Get really close to the microphone. There's a lot of bass <laughs> response in your voice. Uh, it's called the proximity Absolutely. effect. And so you get that. Now, if I go really far away, let's say I put the microphone over here. <laughs> now you're hearing the sound of my room more and you're hearing the room that I'm in. It's bouncing all over the place and then going into the microphone. And so you don't want that. Right. So the sweet spot is about a, a foot away from your microphone. And um, and then and then you just you'll get, you know, it's not too close and kind of awkward, uh, but also not too re reverberate. <laughs> uh, around your room. You get just nice, nice look. If you don't have a microphone, like the best thing you do just to start out with is is put in earbuds use you know especially the ones that have cords and have a microphone that's a little bit closer to your mouth um mm -hmm. that can be effective um uh, but ultimately like these are not that expensive just go get a good mic and you'll sound great absolutely buddy yeah that's awesome like you're literally hyping up this thing i really love the vibe man like mm -hmm. you're making it so interactive and lovable, right thank you so much for that quick tip and like and also like uh, as you're teaching especially like how to create this video skills like get into more cinematic content creation and all that cool stuff like what do you think is the capability like how can people monetize this video skills and make a living out of it like what do you think is the possibility with this skill set um do you do you mean specifically for filmmakers wanting to sell yes. videos? yeah yeah exactly so, so the biggest thing for anybody that is you know running a video production company or as a filmmaker the biggest thing i teach is really just understanding the basics of marketing and sales so most mm -hmm. filmmakers, in fact, most creatives, so anybody who's listening that's a creative or an artist or a filmmaker, the biggest mistake mm -hmm. that they make is this belief that the only way to grow my business is to create good work and put it out there and hope that people call. And that's how most artists go about it is, uh, you know, I'm going to have an Instagram profile and a YouTube channel, and I'm just going to make really good videos and try to make them better and better and better and better. And then, and then, you know, hopefully people will see them and they'll get more views and then someday I'll get paid for my work. Um, the problem with this method is it's what I call a hope and pray marketing method because uh, you're basically <laughs> just hoping that people will hire you. Instead, by learning the basics of marketing and sales and uh, picking a niche, understanding that niche, knowing how to communicate with that niche in a way that that uh, helps them see the value of what you do, um, all of these things, like really understanding that will take you to the next level instantly. And it's just a matter of um, understanding those basic marketing and sales skills. If you can do that, then instead of just hoping that people will connect the dots on your videos, like they'll see a video mm -hmm. and connect the dots like, oh, I could see myself 
doing a video like this and it could get this result for me and it, it could be something that I want and then calling you and hiring you, right? Which is what happens and which is why people that just put work out there occasionally get phone calls, right? Instead of making people connect the dots by themselves, the sales process connects the dots for people. So you walk them through that journey. Look, you just saw my video. Here's the result that it got for this client. Here's what it could do for you. If you were to do this, this would happen. Now let's talk about doing it. Okay. That is, that's sales essentially is finding out what that's people want and then giving it to them. And so learning how to communicate in a way that helps people know that, oh, this is a, a person that could be helpful to me. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Absolutely. But they, like, I believe that's the number one key for any business, right? Like, even if you have like the sleekest product, like the most valuable product ever, if you don't market it well, if you don't show the message that you have it, you're ready to sell, then who's going to buy, right? Like, all these people are creating content, making their skill set better, but they're not selling it. They're not monetizing it. Then, like, how can they sustain for long term, right? That, that really down, boils down to sales and marketing, which you just mentioned. And like, this is like my personal question for a lot of years who are going to watch this on replays and stuff like that. Like a lot of people have a limited budget, but they want cool video output. Like, like everybody wants that. Like literally they don't want to hurt their bank, but they still want a good quality content. So like, what do you think is like your go-to best video setup in budget? Like I'm asking about the gear especially. Yeah, in a, in a budget, <laughs> um, because you can easily spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on on video gear. One hundred percent. Yeah. But like, but like, yeah, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. So, uh, so best video setup. Um, you mean like specific pieces of gear? Mm -hmm. So, so I'll try. I'll try my best because um, I don't typically work with the low end, like the budget. I know that. Gear. <laughs> yeah. But I also don't own a lot of gear. And this mm -hmm. is probably the more important principle to understand than knowing exactly what gear to get. And that is that it's not about having the best gear. And if you want to use the best gear, you can rent it. So <laughs> in the filmmaking industry, there's a really big rental industry. Like any big city or metropolitan area or like even small cities probably have a film rental house. Okay, is what it's called. And you can go there yeah. and rent gear. Some of them will, will require insurance. Um, so your business will need to have insurance, but, but a lot of times they don't. And really you can just go like, if you've got a filmmaker and editor that's working for you, or you want to do it yourself, like you can go and pick up, you can go pick up cameras and lights and stuff that you can rent for a day. And then you can use them for that day. And it's, and it's way more affordable than just buying the gear. You know, a, a camera that costs $50,000 will cost you maybe 500 to a thousand for a day. And so it's yep. just way more effective to do it that way. And then, um, and then, and, and usually, you know, if the people are nice there, you can go in and ask them to just kind of show you around and show you what they have. And so, and so that's what usually what I recommend doing in terms of like actual gear. Um, you can, you can do a lot of things. Like I mentioned, if you're, if you're trying to do video and you're on a budget, I would recommend just getting like a small clip on uh, webcam. Okay. Something mm -hmm. very simple. I would just Google it. Like what's the best webcam out there and look for one that's within your budget. And that should work. Um, you can go up from there. So like the camera that I typically use as my webcam, which is uh, not set up right now, obviously is a Canon EOS R, um, which is a, which is a mirrorless camera. It's a little bit nicer. It's about a thousand dollars. And, uh, and so like, that's what I use. Well, it's a thousand dollar camera and about a, I don't know, $800 lens. And so that's kind mm -hmm. of my, I usually have set up 
over here for my course videos, I'm actually using a $25,000 camera, uh, but that's mm -hmm. the one that I use for like high-end commercial productions. But then I also do my course videos, my YouTube videos using it because it just looks great. And I have <laughs> it. So, yeah. um, so, so the, the range can vary a lot, but like if you're really, if you're trying to graduate from your built-in webcam on your, on your computer, then just like, like I said earlier, just buy like a clip-on webcam for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, like whatever it is that costs. And like, you'll, you'll look great with that. And then, um, and then in terms of lighting, um, the first sit next to a window and see how it looks. And if it looks good, then you don't have to do anything else. Um, but if you need, if you need, like, for example, if you sit next to a window and it looks like this, like mine does, and you need a light to kind of light up your face, uh, mm -hmm. I would get like a, a soft box. And, um, for most people, like anything will do, if you want to get into quality lights, uh, mm -hmm. the brand that I love the most is called Aperture. That's A P U T U R E. Mm -hmm. And, um, they create, that's the light that I'm using here. They have a light called the 100 D, um, which mm -hmm. is I think about $200 and it's, a, it's like built for content creators. And then there's a soft box you can get for it called the light dome S E. If you mm -hmm. pair those two things together, you will have basically the same lights, lighting setup. This is a little bit more expensive one, but it's because they they just recently released these cheaper versions of it that like have the same light quality, the same everything, just like built awesome. for content creators. So that's what I would recommend. Absolutely, but yeah, thank you so much. I think that would definitely help a lot of people who are having short budget to want to have like a great quality content out of it. And hopefully that helps. And let's get into the next question, uh, Eric. Like. Like in this short period of time, like you scale to another different level. Like I believe you have this clients, high end coaching programs, and your own course for ads, funnels, follow ups, like everything. Like there's a lot of stuff on the table while you're especially scaling a company. I wonder, like, how did you manage it? Like, what kind of tools do you use to manage your projects, your clients, or your productivity? Yeah, good question. Um, so we use a lot of tools, um, but I'm going to say that the greatest tool is to is, is your own ability to simplify. So <laughs> it sounds complicated, like everything that we have going on, all these programs and everything, but like we have aggressively uh, worked to simplify things and make sure that it's that it's a streamlined process because otherwise it can get out of hand with software exactly. and, tools and everything that's going on. Uh, you don't mm -hmm. need more than like one or two programs to build like a really big business. And so, exactly. and so like, you know, I don't recommend people go out there and like sell a ton of things, like just pick one thing and go all in on that one thing. Uh, but in terms of tools that we use, like software, you know, we use, we use ClickFunnels for our landing pages and membership sites. Uh, we use Stripe for payment processing. We use um, Airtable is a really good like organizational tool. So all of our um, important like database information, like who's in our programs and where they're at mm -hmm. and um, everything that we're managing. Uh, like, like for example, like you filled out a form uh, for for this interview, right? And so mm -hmm. we have everything systematized like that. That goes into Airtable and all the information. So I have a list of all the people that I have interviews with uh, over the next couple oh. of weeks. Um, awesome. So all that information is in there. And so we use that as an organizational tool. Um, we use Slack with our team as a team communication tool. We use Monday for um, for uh, project management. Okay, so Monday is a like a task tool with your entire team so you can see like what mm -hmm. everybody's working on um let's see what else i mean there's a lot of them i use active campaign for emails um uh for live streaming um stuff like Streamyard is great which is what we're using here 
Uh, if you're mm-hmm. on a Mac, Ecamm Live is a really good affordable option for for live streaming on Mac. Um, I could go on and on, but there's a few of them at least. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, like that really makes sense. Like those tools are like the go-to and I believe like those are more than enough to actually scale the business to six figures and beyond easily. Like they don't need to complicate it. And I love the sentence which you said. It's all about simplifying the process, not complicating with multiple tools, processes, people in between, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the ultimate key to being more productive is is simplifying your business. Because if it gets too 100%. complicated, then you spend all day putting out fires and answering emails. And so, and so like, like I don't read my emails, I don't read my messages. I have people that take care of those things for me. And then and then I I um uh I focus on being in a more strategic role in the business. That's that's the ultimate. Like I want to spend more time learning and reading books and processing and thinking about strategy Whoa. than than you know making posts or writing emails or <laughs> that. Kind Absolutely. Of thing. Yeah, you you're being like the mastermind of your complete business and you're packaging yourself to the next level where you want to take your business to and you're guiding your complete streamlines with the instructions to do it. It's that's awesome. But and like I wonder like how does your daily routine looks like to manage all this stuff together? Like do you have any stick to the routine? Yeah, in the morning I have a pretty pretty uh, well built out morning routine. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I get up in the morning, I you know drink a bunch of water, brush my teeth, all that kind of stuff, and then uh, and then I get ready for the gym. I go to the gym for about forty five minutes in the morning, um, and mm-hmm. so I do a combination of cardio and weightlifting, uh, just mm-hmm. to just keep myself active and start the day off with like a high energy activity. And then from mm-hmm. there, I come home. I do about ten minutes of meditation. And it's just so, time to just relax. Um, as as long as the day's going well and like I get on top of that early, I'll do the meditation. I'll spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes up to an hour reading whatever book I'm working on at the time. And then from there it's right into work. Absolutely. Yeah, that's like a very simple and effective routine. We should look at all the high entrepreneurs. That's really awesome. And thank you for like being super transparent and initial game. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, we have the next question here. Like, what will be your suggestion to a 20-year-old you or someone who is just starting out who's struggling in the business? Ooh. Um for me, if I were to go back to like when I was 20, it would all revolve around learning and education. So so I would start devouring books fast because there's such a wealth of knowledge in books, like so much that you can learn, like find out what people's top books are and go read those books. You start with the classics like Think and Grow Rich or or uh, any of the other, you know, wealthy mindset books. Um, those mm-hmm. are those are extremely powerful. And I, I you know, I'm, I, unfortunately, I didn't discover those until a little bit later. Had I discovered them <laughs> earlier, like it probably would have grown a lot faster. Um, so, so like books and any other resources you can find out there to help you with your mindset, to help you with understanding business, sales, marketing, um, the the ultimate like money making skills. That's going to be really important. And then, and then number one really is like hire a coach as soon as you possibly can, um, because ultimately, like that's the thing that took me from, yeah, you know, every time I hired a new coach we made a quantum leap, right? So like that took me from making uh, 50,000 a year to making over six figures a year. And it was the same thing from six figures a year to, to close to seven figures a year. And then like, I just recently hired a new coach and like, we're, we're, our, our goal is within 
you know, hopefully within the next year or two, maybe, uh, but you know, maybe within the next year is to get to the point where we're doing a million a month. I'm saying you say you're gonna hit the two comma X, my friend, right there. So yeah. you have a strict goal. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, super thankful. Like, and I really genuinely love that. Like, you know, like learning is the number one thing. Like, people just be in the mindset after they get older or when they're struggling in their business, they'll be like, Oh, I know everything, but it isn't working. I want to try something else. But when you learn the ins and outs of everything you're working on, then you'll be so mindful to work out the right stuff, which should be actually taking place, and you make it happen right there. Absolutely, Eric. Love it. And Eric, like, what are your last biggest achievements so far, and any bigger goals? Uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Kind of like what I was um, what I was talking about. Like, our, you know, we've done we've done a million a year. We've done six figure months. Um, we've done well. We've done almost a million in a year. We're we're like we're like so close to that. But but like we have done six figure months. Um, and then um, the next step is to get to, get to million dollar months. And uh, the funny thing is like. As an entrepreneur, you you tend to think that like, man, once once I make six figures, like everything will be great, <laughs> and and then you get to that point, and it it is great, right? But then but then like, but what if we could do six figures a month? <laughs> what if we could do seven <laughs> figures? And so like, yeah, and it's like, man, once I get to a million dollars, I get my two comma club award, amazing. And the reality is that as your business grows, uh, I will say yes, it gets um it gets more and more amazing. The lifestyle is amazing. The impact is amazing. You're working with more people. Like there are parts of it that are just incredible, but like the the problems and the issues and the struggles that every entrepreneur is going to have forever are uh, they they get bigger. Okay, the, the <laughs> problems are more difficult to solve. They take a lot more brain power. There's a lot more thinking. There's there's more team members involved. There's the the scope of the business gets bigger, and so and that's not to like not to like scare anybody, like don't go make money. You know, like I said, it is amazing, but, but like, just to prepare you and understand that, like, like you're in this to solve problems and business is about solving problems. You're going to continue solving problems and those problems are going to get bigger and bigger, but as they get bigger and bigger, you are going to be more and more well-equipped to handle those problems when your mindset increases. And so that's, that's kind of, you know, where we're at, we're at a certain level right now and, uh, and trying to get to the next level, that next level, like I said, like our next like immediate goal is million dollar month. And, uh, you know, we're going to be working towards that really hard right now. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. And hopefully you'll get that to come back pretty soon. I'd okay. love to see you on FHL 2022 pulling that out for sure, but excited well, for that. 2021. <laughs> Aggressive, man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Awesome. And like Eric, like you have done so much entrepreneurial stuff when from when you were so young to actually the point where you're doing 70 years right now. Like, what was your biggest mistake in your life in business and probably personal as well? Um, okay, personal, I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, in terms of uh business, biggest mistake. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Okay, so earlier I was talking about mighty offers, right? These low ticket offers that you can use to get buyers on your list and to send them mm -hmm. into your high ticket offers. The biggest mistake that I made in my business is that when we started running that mighty offer the first time and it started making so much money by itself that I forgot to ascend those clients into high ticket programs. <laughs> That, probably, that sounds was silly, man. probably sounds funny, but when you're making a 4X return on your product and it's just running all day without you, it's just, you just don't even think about it. You're just like, oh, how can I just keep, keep going and doing things with this? It's and a money I machine. Forgot, I forgot to like 
increase that lifetime value because what's going to happen is like after a while the offer is going to fatigue your ads are going to fatigue like people have seen it like like our video ads have millions and millions of views like they've been seen by every single filmmaker on the planet right <laughs> at this point it seems like and um and and the reality is that like eventually you just you you burn through all the people that are going to buy in a specific time period and then and then things slow down a little bit and when Absolutely. those things slow down, you want to make sure that you have the process in place to ascend people to higher ticket items because you don't want to build an entire business off of a low ticket product. There are people that do it and they're successful with it. Honestly, not my thing. Okay, um, <laughs> you're just you're just pinching pennies and it's about margins and it's and it's a it's a really difficult game. If you can really figure out the high ticket part of it and ascend people into a high ticket program, I'm talking like 10k minimum. Uh, if not like 30, 50, 100K um, and something like that, that's really where like your profit maximization is going to be. And I would focus there really hard. Absolutely, buddy. And yeah, that really turns out really well. Like everyone who's watching this, make sure when you're making profit, just look at how you can increase your average customer value because you know there will be tough times along the way, right? So you should be prepared by that. Just making sure that you get most out of your marketing budget. And but let's get into the next question. Like, who are your main inspiration for all the success and any key people involved in the journey? Uh, yeah. So main inspirations. I, I mean, uh, Russell Brunson is a big inspiration of mine. I just I, I look up to him in a lot of ways. Um, not even mm -hmm. just business, but personal. Um, so so that would be one. And uh, and like a lot of just my friends, coaches, mentors. Uh, I've been I've been lucky to get into like a really good group of people that are positive and uplifting and helpful and um, so those are you know some of the people that I follow and and uh, and we help each other out. Uh, Absolutely. In terms of um, key persons, and I'm not sure what you're asking there about key persons. Yeah, like maybe your teammates, your wife, or someone who's just helping out in a business. Well, yeah, if you want to give a shout out. Of course, my wife. She's you know she's my business partner, and and I feel very lucky to have have oh, a there you go. partner. I know I know like not everybody's spouse wants to be involved in the business, um, and uh, and she wasn't for a long time, but like slowly has come on and taken on more of the workload, and and she actually loves it. And so, um, you know, I I don't know what I would do without her. Like she's she's <laughs> I, have, I have the creative brain, right? I'm the, I'm like the the visionary, just kind of like idea person. And I have so many ideas. And mm -hmm. I need somebody that's going to take those ideas and put Indeed. them in a system into an organization uh, process <laughs> because otherwise, like, if it's just up to me, nothing gets done. And so exactly. uh, you know, that's, that's in my case, that's my wife. If you ever, like, email me or message me on Messenger or whatever, like, you're going to get a response from her or one of our customer support people that are just so much better at uh, just, like, organizing things and putting these together than, than uh, I will ever be. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for mentioning that and like where can our audience find your mentoring because you're giving so much insane amount of value about all this scaling the businesses like learning how you can do that and getting into this high level filmmaking systems like where can our audience find your mentoring yeah so that's actually a really exciting question because i have a new thing coming out that i haven't really talked about yet and mm -hmm. um uh so for the last five years i've been coaching filmmakers on how to create cinematic videos and how to how to grow a business as a filmmaker and uh if you're if you're a filmmaker and you're interested in that you can check it out at cinemamastery.com um mm -hmm. so that's that's where i would take a look but for anybody who's an entrepreneur who uh let's say you you know you have a high ticket or a mid ticket program 
that is selling decently well and you're doing okay, maybe you're making around six figures or maybe a little bit less uh, a year and you're looking to grow and scale, um, I actually have my very first live event coming up in a couple weeks, mm -hmm. actually end of next Daddy. week, uh, mm -hmm. where I'm going to be teaching uh, uh, entrepreneurs how to use this mighty offer system to drive like tons of leads into your high ticket offers. So uh, kind of exciting. This is actually happening next Thursday and Friday. Um, and I'm going to be spending two whole days with you, just like taking your hand and walking you through the entire process, workshopping it, helping you understand how to create one of these offers that can literally scale you like it did for me from, from 10,000 a month to a hundred thousand a month in, in three months, like it did for us. <laughs> Pretty insane. So if you're interested Absolutely. in looking at that, um, that is happening next Thursday and Friday, uh, tickets are available now. Um, you know, the value of this can't be understated. I mean, it could easily be worth millions for the right person. And, um, you know, in, and I charge $30,000 and up for coaching, like one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. people do this. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But since it's a virtual event and not like a, like a real live event, which, which, you know, you'd, you'd be paying a thousand dollars for a ticket for something like that, plus hotel and food mm -hmm. and everything like that. Um, it's a virtual event. And so tickets are only 97 bucks. So it's oh, no brainer. <laughs> And, uh, and I'll walk you through the entire process. So if you're interested in that, that's next Thursday and Friday. You can check it out at Mighty Offers Live. Mighty, M-I-G-H-T-Y, OffersLive.com. And, uh, and I'll, I'll, post the, I'll post the links in the comments. You'll post the link, okay. Yeah, so you, so you can get a ticket there if that's uh, if something you're interested in as well. Absolutely, but thank you so much. And that's a no-brainer. Like literally, Eric is going to walk you through the complete seven-figure business on how did he scale it. In the two days and it, it would definitely be amazing journey for everyone who's going to join that and but like it was amazing interview again thank you so much for hopping on any last words before we conclude the whole opportunity um i don't i don't think so i hope that was valuable for everybody and you know you learned a little bit and hope it was you at the event and and thank you nikhil for having me like this is a lot of fun absolutely but again Thank you so much for joining on time, Eric. And we really enjoyed interviewing you. Like you are a great person with a great, amazing vibe to share and really transformed person who really wants to add value to other people's lives. That's what that's what I can see actually talking to you for a super long time. And again, Eric, thank you so much for joining. And everyone, hopefully you enjoyed the session. If you want to join this virtual event, which is no brainer, just do it. I'm going to post that link in the comment section as we just end this interview. And everyone who's watching this, thank you so much. Post. Any questions, if you have Eric, if he has time, he'll reply that. And again, stay tuned for the next interview, guys. Peace out. Thank you, Eric.